no matter where we disagree on politics, we can probably agree that it shouldn't dominate our lives. We shouldn't care all too much what this congressman or that senator said all the time, every day, all over social media. And we have enough distractions in life as it is. And while we should be informed and to some degree engaging in political discourse, I think it's taken too much and become too big. Consequently, I think the place of God has become too small in our lives. The only time that we should be consumed with both government and God should be at the same time when, as the scriptures promise, the Prince of Peace will not only rule the kingdom, but our hearts as well. Until then, let's keep a small government and a big God. We'll take a short look into that now. Engaging, encouraging, and enlightening. Hello, thank you for listening to Salvation and Stuff. This is episode six. If you don't know who Dennis Prager is, he is an intellectual force to be reckoned with. Dennis Prager had a radio program heard worldwide for over 35 years. I actually got to uh, get through uh, to his uh, to his program probably 15 years ago and got to talk to him a little bit. I actually disagree with him on one, something he said, but uh, he is an extremely influential man. He was brought up in an Orthodox Jewish home, and he has taught the Torah for most of his adult life. He has spoken on all seven continents and traveled to 130 countries, all 50 states. And most recently, he started Prager University with short videos that are viewed over 500 million times a year. So it's a lot of things that he does. The why uh, for all this, why he does all this is it, it stems from his love of God or goodness and his hatred for evil. So his life verse or his favorite verse uh, from the Hebrew Bible is Psalms 97.10, and it says, those of you who love God hate evil. From a young age, Prager dedicated his life to two things. One, the problem of evil, uh, namely mass evil, like Stalin's communism and Hitler's social nationalism, which Prager constantly points out that communist regimes are responsible for killing a hundred million people and enslaving and wrecking the lives of more than a billion. So the first thing he did is dedicated his life to was the problem of evil. And the second thing was understanding human beings and how to promote not only goodness, but wisdom, which is why he teaches the Torah Uh, or the Jewish Bible, because it is filled with wisdom. Now, I mentioned Dennis Prager because he reasons that the bigger the government, the smaller the citizen. I'm sure many more have said and believed likewise, but he recently sparked my thoughts that as a government grows in size and scope, certain things shrink as a result. Goodness particularly 
uh, defined as people acting charitably to each other dwindles as the government tries to federalize communal generosity and personal character diminishes while liberties become more restricted. In short, more government equates to more laws which stifles personal and corporate liberty. Thus, Dennis Prager reasons, the bigger the government, the smaller the citizen. To add my thoughts unto this sentiment, um, in which might be a bit simplistic, but I think compellingly true, I would add, uh, the bigger the government, the smaller the God. I should note, it's not God himself that becomes smaller, but the place of God in people's lives. That is our faith and our trust in God. We see this true in ancient history. The Hebrew people under a theocracy were led by chosen leaders and prophets in wanting to be like other nations. First Samuel chapter eight accounts the Jewish people asking their leader, Samuel, to give them a king. Both Samuel and God were discouraged by this request and warned of the outcome. The end result in granting the people's desire of a monarchy was straightforward. Liberties, personal finances, and land would all be given over to the king. Many people would become his slaves as well. As the Jewish people embarked into a monarchy, God's place in officially governing his people would begin the long process of fading. And ever so slightly, one's faith for livelihood was not erased, but shifted from an invisible and perfect God to a visible and fallible king. Since then, it seems that separation between God and people via governments has only increased as time progresses and consequently as governments become larger. And as the 18th century has freshly shown, atheism is the default faith of oversized and unaccountable governments and wickedness its work. Even a cursory understanding of the age of social catastrophe would confirm the bigger the government, the smaller the God. Socialist and communist governments are by nature large and by nature atheistic. The communist dictatorships of China and Russia unabashedly wiped out all religions in its pursuit of imperialistic domination. When the founder of communism believed that, quote, religion is the opium of the people, it should be no wonder why places of worship were systematically removed. Even in the National Socialist regime of Hitler, which was against communism, sparks of true Christianity were equally stamped out. In both Nazism and communism, there was no room for religion when the government tried to take its place. Thus, the bigger the government, the smaller the God.
And inversely, a small government should equate to a big God. And this is seen no clearer than the founding of America. Its young founders made up of deists and Christians were uh, separating from a monarchical government belonging to the most powerful country in the world at the time. With life and death on the line, the dire circumstances demanded that they placed much faith in God, both personally and politically. Is it a coincidence that the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the amendments, which all proclaimed the intrinsic value of all people worthy of certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, property, and the ability to pursue happiness, were the same founders who strove to make and maintain a small government with checks and balances in place so that the budding nation of the United States would not in time become like other countries whose leaders naturally oppress. They believed the smaller the government, the better, and they agreed with what Thomas Paine famously wrote, government, even in its best state, is but a necessary evil, in its worst state, an intolerable one. The acknowledgement of a divine God and the awareness of their human proclivity towards sin played no small part in guiding the United States Constitutional Republic. Their mistrust of powerful men and their trust in God's providence is unquestionable. Washington said, quote, No people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which they have been advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of his providential agency, unquote. The English poet Percy Shelley wrote that, quote, government is an evil. It is only the thoughtlessness and vices of men that makes it a necessary evil. When all men are good and wise, government will of itself decay, unquote. If then government is an evil, albeit a necessary one, then it would be wise to keep it as small as possible. Less intrusive governments allow for more freedoms, and more freedoms require more responsibilities from its citizens. That is why Thomas Jefferson said that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And that's why he believed that the government is best which governs least. I agree with that. And the scriptures encourage us to look forward to a time when, as said in Isaiah 9, 6, when the Prince of Peace will reign with the government upon his shoulders. Until that time, I believe that much ailments of humanity could be lessened if we seek to make mortal government small and God big. 